as a church, one of the huge things that we, each of us, have to struggle with is the weakening of the church in our country. And when I say that, I'm not talking about the position faith holds in society. I'm talking about the position faith holds in the hearts and minds of Christians. We live in a time when we say the Nicene Creed together on a Sunday, which we'll do shortly, but many Christians can't describe the role Jesus plays in their life. Instead of having a basic understanding of God, the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, people have this general vague concept of God, and Jesus fits in there somewhere. The same kind of thing happens with scripture. Lots of Christians don't read scripture at all, but when scripture is read, people pick and choose what parts they want to apply and which they don't. Thankfully, there have been many Christians responding to these changes the way they should, not by just reacting to these things individually, but by returning to scripture, asking God to speak through his word and taking a plain sense understanding of scripture, not trying to twist words around. Now, for many of you, that might sound familiar. Anglicanism is one of those denominations caught up in these struggles. And we've seen that kind of thing play out even in our own diocese. There's something very important to remember, though. Everything I've just mentioned that people have struggled and debated is over theology. It's about what we believe as Christians. The much deeper and oftentimes more difficult thing is dealing with the ways that weakening of the church has impacted not only what it is we believe, but how we live out that belief. Because of that weakening of the church, we live in a time where most Christian lives are indistinguishable from the lives of non-Christians in society. And when I say that, I'm not talking about any of the big scandals that hit the church or political issues. I'm talking about the regular day-to-day -day lives of Christians. I'm talking about the small decisions and interactions we have on a regular basis. One, or our scripture passage today hits on one of the major ways our lives as Christians should be distinct from everyone else. And you can see that in our New Testament reading from the passage of the epistle of Paul to the Romans. Broadly speaking, the passage is about how we as Christians show love. This isn't talking about our emotional love or the love we have for things which is more like desire. This love we need to have as Christians is about willing the good of the other. That's not just hoping for good things. That's not just saying nice things. This is about will. This is about directing yourself and your actions to the benefit of others. This isn't just do unto others as you would have others do to you. This goes further. This is about us acting in the best interests of others. It's not just about us acting the way we want or the way others would want. It's working towards what's best for the other person. Now, that alone would be difficult. 
to truly love others enough to make them the focus of our lives. But as Paul says here, he goes even further. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. And later, beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, or for by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is what really separates Christianity from every other religion, every other philosophy on how to act. And this is what should separate Christians from everyone else in the world. Other religions and philosophies have said not to be overly cruel to enemies. But Christianity is unique in its teaching that we need to bless and love not only our enemies, but even our persecutors. That we need to hope and act for their good. And let me point out, this isn't rocket science. This passage is simple and basic. This is an admonition that all of us as Christians need to follow. Bless those who persecute you. Never avenge yourselves. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, it's that last one, overcoming evil by good, that really illuminates things for us today. You see, for many in the world, they know their enemies. Their struggle is against their enemies. And so it's easy to dehumanize their opponents or rationalize all of their actions. However, Paul in Ephesians specifically says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This isn't talking about worldly political rulers. This is about spiritual forces of evil. It's easy to get caught up in anger and animosities and to make enemies. I know that all too well because I have a Facebook account and a Twitter account. <laughs> and it's like the Wild West on there recently, even worse lately. Half the time I log in, I don't even need to scroll the screen down before I see someone trying to stir up people to anger. Um, as Christians, we can't get caught up in the anger and animosities of worldly conflict. Yes, we can take positions on issues, vote for candidates, but our concern needs to be the struggle against the spiritual forces of evil, not letting those forces exploit these conflicts and stoke the anger, fear, and hatred in our hearts. We can and should make those decisions to support our views, but we can let them get us to that point where we, ne we neglect the love, or neglect to love people opposing us, even when they persecute us and do evil to us. 
When we get caught up in conflict, it's easy to fall into hatred, to think the ends justify the means. But that's not Christianity. That's paganism. As Christians, we need to turn to scripture and prayer. We need to seek God's directive when it comes to our beliefs. Not just about who he is, but what's right and wrong. We do need to take a stand for those things. As Christians, we should point out truth and admonish or warn people about sin. But we need to remember that Christ's kingdom is not of this world. We may get pushback from people. We may get anger and hatred against us. And even if we reach out in love, people may react with fear. But we can't let fear or anger or any other vice or sin direct our actions. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I'm not trying to pretend this is easy. It won't be. But we shouldn't expect Christian life to be easy. We can't live Christian lives on our own. This is the kind of thing Christians can only do acknowledging our weakness with lots of prayer and with God's help. As American Christians, this is one of those things we've been detached from for far too long. When we think of blessing persecutors, it's hard to see examples in our own lives. But the church past and present is filled with examples of this. Paul, who wrote the epistle today, was there supporting persecutors while Christians were killed. He arrested and caught Christians to bring them back to the temple authorities. But despite all of that, the early Christians were able to forgive him and act out of love rather than anger and fear when they saw him enter Damascus. In today's world, there's a ministry called the Voice of Martyrs. They do work with persecuted Christians around the world. And a few years ago, they put out a book with stories called I Am N, N being that symbol that ISIS put on the doors of Christian houses. Well, if you get a chance to read it, it's amazing not only to read about the experiences of persecuted Christians, but how those experiences of persecution led them to a deeper faith and a deeper sense of prayer. The thing that really startled me about it was how each of them spoke about their persecutors. All of them had terrible experiences. Some of them lost their families, parents, children. But everyone who wrote about their persecutors mentioned that they pray for them. They love them. They forgave them. And most of all, they wanted them to embrace Christ. These people who had seen firsthand the worst of humanity responded to it in love. Only Jesus Christ can do that, can take someone who's been in such an abysmal situation and not only rescue them from it, but let them look at it in love and compassion rather than bitterness and anger. And as odd as it may sound, as Christians, that shouldn't be some example of heroism or something we see as unusual. 
that's what a truly lived out Christian faith looks like when it's been tested. That kind of radical love for those who persecute us or those who are enemies is what each of us here is called to do. So keep all these things in mind in the months ahead. People, many people are anxious, stressed out, acting in their own interest and not thinking about others. As a country, we're facing divisions over politics, racial discrimination, and many other things. No matter what the world throws at us, we must remember that when Paul says, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them, and do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good, he means it. We don't get to pick and choose what we believe. We don't get to ignore scripture when it very clearly tells us how to act. We don't get to ignore it and say, well, I'm not capable of this, or I'll just ask for forgiveness for not doing this later. We need to respond to the frustrations, and even if it comes to it, persecution, with the love of Christ. We, of course, need to share our faith, tell people about what we believe and why we believe it, but we also need to show our faith. We don't show our faith by just being nice people. We don't show our faith by just putting up Christian things on Facebook. We can do those things and they're good, but they don't truly show our faith. Showing our faith is about putting, about living our lives in a way that we wouldn't act without Jesus Christ. It's about living in a way that's not possible without Jesus Christ. The biggest way we can show that faith is with God's help to radically love and bless the people who curse us and revile us. Not responding to anger with anger, but by responding to anger with love. Not just being a doormat or giving people what they want, but acting in their best interests. Not only does scripture demand it, especially today the world needs it. Amen.